This episode is brought to you by Greg Morris Cards, one of the largest sports card sellers on the planet. Greg sells over 80,000 vintage and modern cards every month, including basketball, football, baseball, hockey, all sports really, and even some non-sports cards too. On top of that, every raw card receives the same hand grading that collectors have put their trust in for over 15 years. What are you waiting for? Head on over to gregmorriscards.com auctions and check it out for yourself. What's up, everyone? This is episode 176 of the Wax Museum podcast, where I talk about all things basketball cards from past to present to future. This is your host, Kyle. And as always, you guys can find me throughout the week on social media. My Instagram is at Wax Museum Podcast, and my Twitter is at Wax Museum PC. Well, um, I hope everyone out there is having a great week. Summer League's in full swing now. I don't think I saw anyone's card prices blow up. So, I guess that means we all watched responsibly, or perhaps we were just distracted by the release of the new Prism product. Long story short, it's kind of a train wreck, but it's still fun to talk about. And that will possibly come up in today's conversation, among other things. And I've got today's guest with me already, so I might as well bring him in here. And some of you are going to recognize this voice instantly because you are loyal listeners of the Pact of the Future podcast. For the rest of you, he'll probably sound like any other broken jazz fan. Chad, how's it going, man? I was doing well until that that little punch that, that you threw my way, but but I'm doing well, Kyle. Thank you. And thanks for having me. Well, um, speaking of punches, and and like I said, I, I brought up the jazz there, and we're going to talk about them in a moment here. But um, as I alluded to in that intro, you help host another podcast called Pack to the Future. So let's talk about that real quick. If you had to, how would you pitch that show to someone that's never listened to it before? Well, I would say that we are a weekly sports card entertainment podcast. We cover a wide variety of topics and really try to bring the fun aspects of card collecting to the listener. You know, we thought about doing this podcast for a number of years and we always just enjoyed the time that we had hanging out with each other, whether it was going to the card shop, opening product and getting a nice hit or teasing each other for buying something and get a bad hit. And we thought, you know what, why don't we bring that just among three guys and try and spread that to listeners as well. Yeah. So it started out as uh, just two guys, you and Ricky, then you brought Tim in, uh, which brought in a whole new, you know, realm of situations and razzes and all sorts of crazy things. The thing that I really like about your guys' show, um, aside from the fact that I, I get to call in occasionally, uh, is the fact that it's your guys' experiences. And that's something that's unique to you. It's, it's not something that we're going to really see, Uh, on other shows where maybe they're just regurgitating some of the common topics or whatever. So that's what I really enjoy about your show is the experiences. Um, So for those of you listening at home, if that sounds like it might interest you, there's a new episode every Saturday. So make sure to be on the watch for that. Um, Now, speaking of watching for things, you are a huge Utah jazz fan. In fact, you've got your NBA jam Utah jazz shirt on right now. I know people listening can't see that, but uh, they'll just have to trust me. And there's been a little turmoil brewing there the last couple of years. I think it was pretty apparent that your two stars, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, uh, were not going to be able to coexist. And those are two players that you've collected, mind you, Um, but they couldn't coexist. So 
Danny Ainge ends up dealing Rudy Gobert to the Timberwolves for five players, uh, four picks and a pick swap. And I know you've had some time to think about it and process everything, but as a lifelong jazz fan, what was your first reaction uh, when you heard this news? Well, initial reaction is heart rate. Mm -hmm. Jazz fans love Rudy. I mean, Rudy is someone obviously we drafted, he's become an all-star, but not only that, he wanted to stay in Utah. He's a guy who wanted to bring a championship to Utah, which Kyle's, you know, as a Pacer fan, it's not common that you get these stars who want to stay in your town and want to play with, with your team. I've been arguing all week with people about DeAndre Ayton, you know, oh, he's not worth max money. No, he's not. But the Pacers will have to pay that to get someone of that caliber. And, and I think the Jazz are in the same boat there, right? You're exactly right. And I don't know that I agree with the first comment of Mitchell and Gobert not being able to coexist. And that's a very interesting thing, right? I mean, Rudy's been front and center on everyone's attention. That's really what people think about of Jazz basketball ever since the beginning of the pandemic. Fortunately, mm-hmm. he kind of became the face of that with the microphone incident and became a villain. Now, I'm not so sure that it was those two together that couldn't get it done, but certainly that Clippers playoff series with the Jazz back two years ago when the Jazz were up 2 nothing, and then just got destroyed after blowing lead after lead certainly seemed to expose Rudy and make it seem that it was either a coaching flaw or a Rudy flaw. And unfortunately, uh, Danny Ainge came in with kind of some new eyes, doesn't have that same attachment to Rudy as others do, and wiped him right out. Now, I trust you because you are obviously way more locked in on this team than I am. But I'm just when I say they can't coexist, I, I, I do think about certain things like, you know, it seems like Rudy uh, took some shots at Donovan about him not playing defense or not getting better on the defensive end. And I don't know, it just seemed like there was some contention there, which maybe there was and maybe there is on any great partnership. But from the outside, it, it did not look good. Well, something broke with the Jazz this past year. So midway through the year, the Jazz were playing really well and really seemed to be poised for a playoff run and getting back towards the number one seed where they were the year before. But something happened, and I don't know what it was, but the chemistry in that team was so broken. Players didn't seem like they were playing hard, and Rudy started calling people out, which honestly, I kind of appreciated because as a fan, you could see that there just wasn't communication. The team lacked grit. They weren't playing hard, and it seemed like Rudy's the only one who plays hard. And For people who don't like Rudy Gobert's game, watch him this year with Minnesota. The guy will sprint up and down the court the entire game. He plays harder than just about anyone else on the floor. And so, you know, I'm I'm a Donovan Mitchell fan, and I'll I'll love that guy until the day until the day I quit becoming a fan. Until the day the Knicks trade for him. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you dare. (laughs) But honestly, I think Rudy calling out teammates in a star. I felt it was appropriate. And maybe that was something that we'll just never hear about because it was behind the scenes. And maybe the two couldn't coexist. And that's why the team never gelled again. But something seemed to break. Um, Don't know what it was. But as a fan, I appreciated Rudy calling people out for not playing hard because as a fan, you could certainly see that was apparent. So you mentioned it was a punch to the gut to you. And and I, you know, I... I joke at your expense, but as you mentioned, I'm a Pacers fan. So I, I'm well aware of this as, you know, just as much as you are. Um, you know, speaking of, of gut punches, it, it's not maybe not MJ shoving Russell bad, um, but but it is up there. Now, oh. I say that you were at that game, correct? Yes, I was. I was 16 that year. I had a paper route um, that I did during summer, um, saved up money, bought season tickets, bought two season tickets way up in the upper bowl. And my dad and I were at that game. That was, yeah, that was sorry brutal. to open. We're just going to open this podcast by opening a lot of, of new <laughs> and old wounds here. 
Um, so let's keep talking about this trade then. And hey, you got an amazing package of picks back for Gobert. It was just, in my opinion, now maybe I know you value Gobert highly, but in my opinion, it was a massive, massive overpay. Um, that still doesn't explain what's going on in Utah exactly. I guess the only person that knows that is Brian Windhorse. But are you guys rebuilding now or, or what is going on? Because normally you don't take back all those picks if you're trying to win now. I completely agree. And I think that a lot of jazz fans are still really hoping that there will be continue to be offseason moves. You know, if you trade Rudy and my reaction of a gut punch was purely as a fan. Now, looking at this logically, the jazz got back a fortune for Mm -hmm. a player that has a couple of good years left in him and is going to be paid $40 million over the next couple of years. So the jazz really did get a good deal out of that. But I think that a lot of jazz fans expected more people to go. Conley's been tough and it just hasn't worked out with Donovan, right? I mean, they're two right. small guards in, in a league where that just doesn't fly. So I think everyone kind of expected Conley to go and maybe Bogdanovich as well. Like if you're going to truly rebuild this. Right. So I still really hope that there's something else to come this off season. The Patrick Beverly pickup, I know he was kind of a throw in in this Rudy Gobert, but he, he's grown on me. I can't tell you how many times that I've yelled and been so mad watching the Jazz play against this guy. But he's exactly what the Jazz need. I talked about that grid earlier that they didn't have. So I don't know what they're doing. If they keep the roster the way it is now to start at the beginning of the season, I'll be shocked and very confused about the direction going forward. So I suspect that there will be more to come. Um, I don't know what that's going to be. You mentioned DeAndre Ayton earlier. There have been a lot of rumors of him coming to Utah with some of those picks that the Jazz have, which wouldn't necessarily be a rebuild for the Jazz, but maybe a reload. Whereas if they don't land someone this offseason, it's looking like it's going to be a rebuild, which is just going to be brutal. Well, hopefully by the time this airs, uh, DeAndre Ayton will be an Indiana Pacer. And (laughs) I I, honestly, I think, and I don't want to talk about it too much because it it might happen by then, but I think the holdup is Brogdon was like in Africa or somewhere. So that trade wasn't finalized and he still doesn't have his physical. And a lot of people don't realize that. So like they can't actually make a lot of moves because that cap room is kind of in flux. So um, it's a tricky situation. So then now, you know, I asked what's going on with the team. I think the next logical question is what's going to happen to your collection. Um, and, and I don't think you've gone through this before because I don't think when um, Benedict Arnold, Gordon Hayward left, I don't think you were really big into basketball cards at that point. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. That, that is correct. So so have you been sitting on it and kind of thinking about what you're going to do with your Gobert and, and well, maybe Donovan cards eventually? I have thought about it, but this was an easy decision. Now, I did have some Gordon Hayward cards back in 2017, and this situation feels very different right. because, you know, a peek into jazz fan fandom back in 2017 Gordon Hayward, of course, left the Jazz to go to the Celtics, but he didn't do it on day one of free agency, not day two. But if memory serves me correctly, it was the 4th of July. Mm -hmm. And by the time he leaves, the money that the Jazz could have spent trying to overpay a free agent to come to Utah, all the big name free agents had signed. Mm -hmm. And so that was devastating. Like that was a rip your soul out just because you're so mad at the guy. So the few cards that I did have of Gordon, (laughs) threw him in the garbage. So mad, pulled a Tim like on our show, Pack to the Future, where he would just throw away cards. I remember ripping them in half, lighting a couple on fire, and throwing them in the garbage. But with Rudy, not the case at all. You know, Rudy was very much a community guy here in Utah, which I just I love when 
people who have that status can do it. So a quick aside, oh boy, people are going to gawk at my Rudy fandom here. Rudy during the pandemic donated $500,000 to employees of the stadium, like who are out of work. Mm. And he set up a kid's pantry for kids who didn't have access to food. So like, he's very much a community guy. So to get back to your question, what I did with my Rudy cards, I took a display case that I used to hang on my wall and I've redecorated my office a little bit. So it no longer hangs on my wall, but I took it. I bought some table legs off of Amazon, screwed it onto the bottom of it, put all my Rudy cards in there. And now I have a Rudy Gobert coffee table sitting in my office with all my Rudy cards and they will not go anywhere. And as a matter of fact, I'll probably continue to grow my Rudy Gobert collection. Okay. Well, Hey, that's good. I, it is a little different situation. Like we mentioned Gordon Hayward for me, it's been Paul George and Oladipo, but like all those guys wanted to leave. So, you know, it it was a horrible feeling, although I have slowly, I think Paul George taught me a lesson because I've slowly started buying some of his stuff because I just really liked that era of Panini and he was the only pacer they were putting in, you know, all the cool sets. Oladipo, I haven't quite gone back and, and bought stuff for, uh, but Paul George, I have. So I, I'm slowly, maybe it's more so because I like the cards than, than Paul George. Um, but yeah, I have slowly gone right. back. So maybe, um, you know, well, you won't even have that issue because like you said, they left on pretty good terms. All right. Well, it's only fitting then that uh, you said you want to add to your collection and I don't have anyone else lined up for collector classifieds for this week. So it's just you, Chad, um, take a moment here and tell the audience what basketball cards you're looking for at the present time. Oh gosh. Okay. So basketball card wise, I'm going to go a little bit backwards. There's going to be non-basketball and basketball. So I know it's a little bit of a reach. I need a Walt Disney autograph. I'm looking for a 2012 Drew Brees silver prism. I need a WrestleMania nine ticket. So WrestleMania I attended. I do not have the ticket stub, but basketball, I would love to get some more Rudy Gobert game worn big patches from immaculate that have part of the jazz logo. I would also love to acquire some rare Donovan Mitchell cards, including the 2018 Kaboom Gold. I've got the silver. I would like to get a gold and I haven't seen many surface. So just a potpourri, if you will, of of different things that I'm looking for and whether I find those in Dallas or if people have those available. I know that the Rudy, that the patches is a little bit vague, but I've got a couple that include like the jazz ball and logo. And I would love to add to that, especially if Gilbert. All right. So if you know where some of those might be other than Ross, please don't tag Ross. We know about Ross. <laughs> he's got all of them. <laughs> Ross has been on, I think he's been on your show twice now, right? Um, so yes. yeah, you might want to go check those episodes out if you haven't, but yeah, don't tag Ross. But otherwise, if you know where that stuff is, uh, either let myself or Chad know, and um, we can get that to the right person. All right, before we move into the meat and potatoes of today's conversation, I want to take a moment to remind you how you can support this show. As you guys know, there are costs that go into producing a podcast. One of my goals is to always keep the show itself free. As a result, I've signed up for affiliate programs with eBay and Fanatics. If you'd like to help support the show in this way, go to www.waxmuseumpodcast.com, click whatever store you need to go to, shop as planned, and the show gets a small commission in the process. Once again, that's www.waxmuseumpodcast.com. This is Slick Leonard. You're listening to the Wax Museum Podcast. Boom, baby! Okay, so before that little segue there, you gave us a short list of cards to be on the watch for. 
Uh, and we have the privilege of looking for them at the Dallas Card Show this week, where we'll be meeting up and hanging out for a few days. And this is not the first time that we've met up. We got to hang out a little bit at the 2021 National as well. And my understanding is that that National was your first uh, real big show. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. So I know you've talked about it some on your podcast already, but um, how would you sum up your experience at last year's National? It was overwhelming in a very good way. Mm-hmm. Walking into that show and seeing the number of tables and the number of people there was incredible. You know, Pete, you can hear people talk about it, but until you actually see it and experience it, I don't feel like you actually get a true representation of what's going on there. Um, I only had, I think it was just a day and a half last mm-hmm. year. And so it was a quick stint for me. And I made the bright idea that I was going to try and walk through every table that first day to try and see what cards were out there, which was just a huge mistake. Um, you, you get very tired and you just can't do it. But I loved it. I love being able to see people that I've met through our podcast and just through social media. I love getting the chance to walk around the show with you last year, seeing the cards that you don't ever see pop up on eBay, the cards that you didn't know exist is fun. Even if you're not buying them, just to look at them and, and kind of stew over was an incredible experience. And I had plans to go back this year. You know, you and I had talked about going to Atlantic City and you've covered it on your show a few different times, but just logistically, it's very tough to get there. So um, I very much enjoyed it to the point where I said, you know what, this needs to be some type of annual thing where I go to a big show and make that happen. Yeah. And I I think that um, those of you that are on the kind of the West side of the United States, you're at a major disadvantage when it comes to the national. Now, Chicago was probably a lot more doable, but uh, your logistics are probably even crazier than mine are. It, it was tough. You're right. Chicago is very easy. We can fly right in. We took, I think I even took a shuttle over to the hotel. So it worked out really nice. Atlantic city was very difficult. And I did have a flight. We were going to fly into Philly, but then we were either going to rent a car or need to take a train or some sort of public transportation to get into Atlantic city. And the only flight time that we have, this is probably getting into more detail than what people want, but just to show the logistics of this, the only flight time that we could get in was in the afternoon on like a Wednesday in Philly. And so, you know, that's going to be rush hour and trying to fight that in an area that we're not super comfortable with and getting to Atlantic City just sounded like more stress than what I wanted to deal with. Right. Yeah. And then you got to pay, you got to pay to park your rented car at the national and all this other stuff. It's just, I, that's what I was looking at it. I'm like, you know, well, the plane costs this and the hotel is this, but then when you add everything else in there, it's like, man, it's, this just isn't going to happen. So um, we chose Dallas though. And I'm, I'm very happy. I'm right. actually really excited uh, in a way. I'm, I'm kind of glad that the national didn't work out, even though I am going to miss being there but it's, it's forced right. me outside of my comfort zone a little because I, I've been to two nationals. I, I kind of feel like not, a, I'm not a veteran, right. But I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not in the summer league either now. So it, I'm kind of in that in-between phase, but Dallas is a completely new thing to me. So that will kind of force me to try some new stuff. So that's good. My guess is that your experience in Chicago at least gives you a general feeling for what your goals might be headed into this Dallas show correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the schedule is pretty much, we get like three hours Thursday night at the show. Friday, we get, I don't know, like noon to eight or 10 to eight. Friday's a long day, a full day on Saturday and trade night. And um, don't quote me, those of you at home, don't quote me on those hours. Look at the real schedule. Um, And then we head home on Sunday. But 
Um, I plan to pretty much focus on hobby related stuff while we're there. Although I do kind of want to head to the sixth floor museum to see some of the JFK stuff. Uh, what do you think of that, Chad? I'm all in for it. Dallas has not been a destination that I have traveled to. And I don't know that I necessarily have a reason to go back with the exception of the card show. So I'm all in. I, I think Saturday is going to be a good day for that. I don't know. We'll have to work it out. But you, you may need to caffeinate me for that Saturday. You know, I'm kind of an early to go to bed guy, like 9 p.m. If I want to get wild on a Saturday, it's 10 p.m. And that trade night goes until 2 a.m. Yeah. So uh, that's going to be quite the night. So having some other activities as opposed to walking around the card show, um, I think is a very good idea. Well, here's another good thing that I liked about Dallas is the fact that we are staying at the convention center that has the set, the show, which, um, you know, I don't know how many shows do that. I, I'm not, I don't go to a lot of the big shows, but um, the ability to just take a break from the floor and go sit down or go take cards back to your room or go get a drink in your room or whatever, that way you don't have to carry all your drinks with you. That it, it feels like it's going to be a real, you know, real big positive for us. Um, so then maybe you can grab some caffeine in the room if you have to, right? I think I cannot stress this enough. Last year in Chicago, I don't think either of us were at the main convention hotel, Mm-mm. but there was a period of time. It was so hot in there and there were so many people and my feet were so tired. I walked upstairs to one of the floors where the rooms were and I just took my lunch and like propped myself up against someone's door. <laughs> And just sat because I wanted peace and quiet and to be away from people to sit down. So I think it's going to be a game changer. And people who might be new to traveling to card shows, even though we haven't experienced this yet, I'm already very much looking forward to this experience, much more so than last year, for sure. You'll have to pack some of the built bars that you've been plugging on your show lately. <laughs> um, all right. Any um, so let's let's talk about your goals then, or at least your expectations. You know, I'm not going to hold you to these 100%. But if you had to set some goals for this show, uh, what do you think they would be? You know, that's a good question. You sent this to me in pre-show, which is funny because I always preach setting goals, and I realized that I didn't have any set for this. So a couple of these are going to be perhaps a little bit different than even what I expected out of myself. The first one is I want to make a trade at trade night. Okay. I've never made a trade with someone, you know, outside of Ricky or Tim and trading cards. And as silly and low level as that sounds, that's something that excites me and just something I haven't done. So, you know, with the exception of being a kid, I guess. So um, I want to make that happen. We planned on doing that last year in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And if you remember, I went back to my room to take a quick little nap and then woke up three hours later and missed trade night. So <laughs> you, yeah, I, I was kind of worried about you because you literally just disappeared. And I'm like, I hope Chad's okay. But, you know, we, we got to keep moving. We got to keep going. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that was not intentional. It's one of those things you wake up and like, it's such an odd hour to be asleep and you have no clue where you are or what's going on or what time of day it is. And I, I think I panicked a little bit. So I want to go to trade night and I want to make a trade. I want to acquire a card that I would consider would fit into the top 10 into my PC. So over the past year, I've tried to consolidate a lot of my cards just to grow a smaller but nicer collection. And I don't know what that top 10 card would be, but I've been selling off some cards and saving up a little bit so that if the opportunity strikes, I'd like to get something in, something nice. I'm hoping that there's some Donovan Mitchell down there. And I talked about this earlier with either Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert. And there's a couple specific cards of those that are available 
you know, whether it's a Rudy NTRPA or some of those Donovan Mitchell rookies that I don't have, if those are available, I want to jump on one. But the last one, and this actually was the first goal that came to my mind. I need to experience Taco Bell with you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You strike me as a kind of guy that hasn't been to Taco Bell since like college. Is that correct? (laughs) Well, yes, but it's because I've always been a Del Taco guy. Okay. So I don't have Del Taco here in Florida. Explain that to me. What is Del Taco? So I think it's very similar to Taco Bell. We have them all over the place here in Salt Lake City, which is where I grew up and where I currently live. We had one right next to our high school where a lot of my same friends now are the friends I went to with in high school, including Ricky from the podcast. And it kind of became our meetup spot, whether it was after high school or after sporting events or after college tests. Interestingly, my wife, back when we were dating, we got set up on a blind date, went out on a date, worked out great. Went to go on a second date when she lived in the dorms at the University of Utah. So I went to go pick her up, but you can't just walk into the dorms. They're on a lock, you know, a, a door lock, so you can't just throw them in. Called her, she didn't answer. Kind of drive around in circles and you only met this person once and text her, no response. 30 minutes later, try one more phone call, no response. She stood me up. And so kind of tuck my tail in shame and I drive home. But the only place that you can drive to at that point that's always been there for me is Del Taco. So I went inside, had myself some Del Taco, and it's always kind of held true to my heart since that time. Um, come to find out her phone just didn't get any reception, but I didn't find that out for a couple of years later. And and now we're married, but Del, Del Taco has always been there for me. And uh, yeah, like I said, holds a warm place in my heart. All right. Well, if you want a, a warm place somewhere else, let's go ahead and look at the Taco Bell menu. Um, yes. And, and actually I asked Boston, Steve, if you had to predict Chad's Taco Bell order, what would it be? And he said, Chipotle Ranch grilled chicken burrito with jalapenos two soft taco Supremes with fire sauce, an order of cinnamon twist and a diet Pepsi. And I, I thought, yeah, between the grilled chicken and between the diet Pepsi and this, you do strike me as a cinnamon twist guy. I, I think that's pretty accurate. Is he far off or what were you thinking? He's not far off at all. And as a matter of fact, the equivalent to Del Taco is pretty close to what I would order. I did have to pull up the Taco Bell menu, but this cantina crispy chicken taco with avocado ranch looked pretty good. So I think I'd probably do a couple of those guys. I actually had that today. I can confirm oh, that, that that is pretty good. Yes. All right. So it would definitely be two of those. Now, a bean and cheese burrito. I know that that's kind of basic on the Taco Bell menu, but that is one thing I remember getting from Taco Bell as a kid and enjoying. So I would definitely add one of those. And he was dead right about the Cine Twist. Um, I knew that. It. That would... That would definitely happen. Now, the hard part of Taco Bell is that they have Pepsi. I heard you mention Pepsi, right. right? I'm a Coke guy, so that would be difficult for me, but I would need some sort of soda to wash that down. And I think if I'm going to go Taco Bell, I'd probably go the full experience and do right. like a Mountain Dew. Right, like, yeah. It's just the nectar of the Mountain gods. Dew with it. Yes, <laughs> exactly. All right, so we've got that squared away, and that is the most important goal out of all of them. Um, I'm going to run through some of my goals here real quick. And uh, in no particular order and feel free to chime in with whatever you you're thinking in the moment here. Um, So number one, I want to, and we've talked about this already um, because we have some mutual friends here, but I want to meet up with some people that we've interacted with on social media, but maybe never in person. Um, We're going to meet up with Carter, who's been on the show before Uh, Jarrett, the Celtic super collector, uh, a couple other people from social media that have reached out to me. So we're excited about that, or at least I, I, I don't want to speak for you, but I think you're excited about that. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. And like I said, with national last year, one of the best highlights that I had was hanging out with you and we met up with Ku coach Jeff last year too. And so Ku coach um, Jeff, yeah, it's I, a shame yeah. he's not going to be here at the Dallas show. He's, he is going to be, I think he is going to the national though. All right. So goal number two, and this, um, you kind of mentioned that you tried some form of this and it was a major mistake. So just hear me out here. I want okay. to spend, not just go to every table. I want to spend adequate time at every single table. Um, and I know, yeah, we're talking what 600 plus here. And I just got back from a 350 table show. I got through a lot of the tables there, but I definitely could have spent more time, but that was only six hours. So I feel like I did pretty well in, in with those parameters. Mm -hmm. I think between the, the three hours Friday and then having the two more days, I think it's doable. Because I, I do, I want to do some serious digging. Um, another thing that I've heard about the Dallas show is that there's different rooms. So I think that Ooh. might prevent me from like at the national, I was like, Hey, come hang out with me, Chad. And then like, you just wouldn't see me because there were just, there's just rabbit trails everywhere. So right. I think maybe the rooms will help keep us focused a little bit more. Do you think 600 tables is doable in this time frame? So in the time frame, Yes. And I think part of the reason why I was so run down was I tried to do it so quickly last year and I had no clue what to expect. So I still have a good vision in my mind of what 600 tables is going to look like, right? I mean, like obviously it's 600 tables, but how long that will take. But having two and a half days, I think we can make that through. And I love your thought with the different rooms. That was a problem last year. You know, yes. I was talking to Ricky and Tim about this and told them that, you know, I would go and look at one booth, just, you know, right behind where you were. And then I would turn around and, and you'd be gone. Just right. couldn't see anybody. So that is going to help out quite a bit. And it, there was uh, well, you remember the John Havlicek uh, shoe card that I saw. Yep. And then I probably spent an hour and a half trying to find it again. And actually it was a crew of people that were helping me. So then I wasted some of their time too, although I'm very appreciative of it. And I ended up getting a card. But there, that was a lot of man hours expended to go back to a table I'd already been to. It's just I had no clue where it was. Um, so either, well, that, that's partially on me. I mean, I need to, I don't know, take some pictures or, or maybe these are marked better. The national, I'll be honest, they're just not marked well. Uh, it's hard to yeah. locate things. And, you know, someone will give you a booth number and it doesn't really mean much of anything. So I'm hoping here at Dallas that they're, you know, prominent, but I've never been there before. Um, but anyway... Yeah, maybe we can knock it out in a grid here and, and hopefully the numbers will be marked clear and then everything will be great. All right, goal number three. I have to get over to the Com C booth so I can take advantage of a promo they're running right now. Um, I talked about it a little bit on my YouTube this week. Uh, and now as good as time as any to say, yes, this show is brought to you in part by Com C. So I am going to tell you a little bit about it here. ComC.com is your home for buying, selling, and flipping all types of trading cards. Their consignment marketplace is home to over 28 million cards across all sports, genres, and eras. Head on over to their blog to learn more about the Summer Seller Promotion, which is the one that I'm about to take advantage of here. For a limited time, you can get 25% off elite and select submissions. Uh, and well, you can mail them in. So even if you're not going to Dallas, that, you know, that works for you. Uh, they're also taking submissions at the Dallas Card Show, which is huge for me because I'm cheap and I don't want to pay $15 or whatever to ship my box. Uh, I'll just bring it with me on my bag. So anyway, keep your eyes peeled. They're going to run something similar for the national as well. So some of you might want to take advantage of that. For more info, 
you can check them out on social media under the handle at checkout my cards. Chad, I don't want to put you on the spot here, but do you have a stack of cards that that you should be submitting to Comp C? Should be, yes, I do. Um, I've got a closet full. Like I said, I tried to consolidate this year, but I still have stacks and stacks of cards that I should be submitting. And I've used them before and have been really pleased with their service. And so your reminder uh, may have me packing differently for, for heading down to Dallas. I, the good thing too, is in my head, at least I see it this way. I'm going to pack that little box in my suitcase or my carry-on. So I have it with me. And then once I get rid of that box, it creates more room to take more memorabilia and cards home, you know, <laughs> because you're always worried about, am I going to have enough room to take this stuff with me? The answer is yes, because I'm, I'm making that trade in a sense. All right. Number four, my number four goal, which is very similar to one of your goals is um, I want to find some PC cards that fit my PC pyramid. And um, now here's an interesting twist. And Chad and I have talked about this a little bit off air already. I talked about my amazing lot find last week, which was the Gary Payton star rubies. Things moved fast this week. And I moved that card pretty quick without really having to try all that hard. I mean, I never really said, hey, it's out on the market. Um, and that puts me in a really good spot to make a move on a low-grade Bill Russell rookie. That's not to say that it's going to happen in Dallas. You know, I can't buy one if it's not if there's not one there, right? And I'm not going to overpay for right. one just because there's one there. But the card's very high on my want list, and now I have more of the means to make it happen. So, Chad, I need uh, it just uh, just like I needed you for that Havlicek shoe card, and you guys came in in clutch there. I need you to help me find a Bill Russell rookie. Can you help me do that? Kyle, we're going to find your Bill Russell rookie, and then we're going to celebrate your acquisition of the Bill Russell rookie. There's no doubt in my mind, this is the place for it. That that might be, we might roll into Taco Bell. You know how all those guys, at, they go to the National and all these card shows, and we get these, oh, let's take a video at a steakhouse like we've never been there before. Um, and we get all of those videos and pictures and, and reels and all of that fun stuff. You know, you see the the stuff sizzling on the on the platters, right? You're going to see my steak quesadilla, and you're going to see that <laughs> that sick PSA one Bill Russell right next to it, getting fire sauce all over it. Yeah, and that'll be our version of the the card show steakhouse. I like that. I like that a lot. Just don't get your your cinnamon twist dust all over it. All right. So Chad, we've got our tickets. We've got our accommodations. Uh, neither one of our flights have been canceled yet, which that's actually a pretty big thing right now. I saw the other day Delta gave like eight passengers, I think $10,000 to not fly on their flight, which that would be pretty tempting. Kyle, you, you may show up to that event by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I'll be rolling in 10,000 uh, soft tacos. At, yeah. At I mean, Bell. if they're just going to give me a Bill Russell rookie, not to uh, get on that. First off, it's a Spirit Airlines <laughs> flight. So that's not going to happen. I can assure you that. Um, anything goes on spirit. Actually, I looked today, they're trying to get me to bid for a seat upgrade. I've gotten like three emails about this, which I don't fly a lot. So I didn't even know that was a thing. Um, and it, oh it, it made me think of your co-host, Tim, you know, maybe they're going to start razzing for the razzing the riding coach or, you know, doing a, a <laughs> fatal where the loser ends up uh, at the emergency exit. Spirit's probably shilling their own bids just to upgrade the seat. <laughs> And you know, the crazy thing, and, and I, I should know better than flying spirit, but I, I just, I'm economy for like everything. So um, that was the only flight to Atlantic city though. 
because I, from what I understand, I think Spirit is the only airline that actually goes in there and, and they do fly from Orlando. So I was looking at a Spirit flight previously. Um, I don't feel great about it though, but I went with Spirit this time. They already can't, actually, they already canceled my Indy flight. I don't know if I ever told you that. I had to switch airlines no. because of that. I was just going to keep that story. Uh, just, just thankfully it happened early <laughs> enough ahead of time that it wasn't too chaotic, but yeah, they're just like That's straight good. up like, Hey, we don't have your flight anymore. Like, Oh, thanks. Ooh. Yeah. You're playing with fire. So yeah, not, not to, uh, add any stresses here to our, our current situation. <laughs> okay. So we've got general goals in place. Uh, I think I even saw at one point or heard on your show that you've got a, like a, a nice new backpack for slabs. Is that correct? It is. I picked up a Zion pack and it's got my case in there. So I'm not carrying around that ridiculous thing that I had last year that was just hot and sweaty and a mess. Have you done a, a trial run with it yet? No, no, I haven't. Maybe I'll do it tomorrow in clinic. <laughs> just yeah, wear it around. Yeah, just, while I'm yeah, at work. Seriously. No, seriously. Just carry that thing around, put some food, you know, put some other things in there just so you have an idea kind of what the weight would be like. Do a little trial like run that. with that thing. That's kind of how I treated the Indiana show. Um, so I, I feel like, like I was really, I don't know, anxious about a lot of stuff about the trip for Indiana. Um, but now that I have done that, like I, I just feel so relaxed about this Dallas trip, I guess. You've had a good run this summer. I did, yeah. Shows leading up to this. Like I said, I, I'm, I'm happy that I made the decision to, uh, or kind of the decision was made for me, I guess I should say to forego the national. So anyway, you know, we've got all our stuff ready. Do you feel uh, like you're ready, right? Do you feel prepared for this whole thing? I, I do. I'm excited for it. I do think I am going to pick up some cards though for Com C, like you mentioned before. So I think that that's going to add a little bit of packing that I'll need to do. But otherwise, I am very excited to get away from work. I'm very excited to see you and everyone else down there and go have some dedicated card time for the next few days. All right. Well, Chad, that's probably a good note to end on then. Uh, I'm going to do a recap of my experience on next week's episode. And I believe you plan to have some Dallas coverage on your next episode as well. Before I let you go, I want to give you the chance to give, if you want to give some of your social handles or the show social handles, plug anything you might be working on here or anything else that you're looking for. These next few moments are yours. All right. Thank you. So as Kyle mentioned earlier, you can find us with Pack to the Future podcast on any major podcasting form. We are very active on Instagram at Pack to the Future podcast. And then you can go check out our website, pttfpodcast.com, where we have all of our episodes. We have blogs. We have links to our affiliates and to our sponsors, like the Zion cases you mentioned earlier. And we love to interact and get to know our listeners. So please go check us out. Likewise, you guys can find me on social media, on Instagram under the handle at Wax Museum Podcast or Twitter under at Wax Museum PC. If you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to support the show by doing all of your eBay purchasing through the link on my site, which is www.waxmuseumpodcast.com. There's a big eBay logo at the top. Click that and it should give me a small percentage of whatever you purchase in the 24 hours that follow. Once again, that's www waxmuseumpodcast.com. In the meantime, if you like the content I'm providing, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcast. Hit up the Podbean site for a link to the merch store. Tag Taco Bell and let them know they can pay me in burritos. And until next time, this is the Wax Museum Podcast. Podcast.